This episode is brought to you by HP+. In a world full of smart devices, isn't it about time your printer got smart too? Now printing is smart with HP+. And the HP Smart app is how it all happens. You can print from your phone with just a tap, no matter where you are. Even from your garage slash home office slash yoga studio. Huh, that is smart. HP+. Learn more about smart printing at hp.com slash smart. This episode is brought to you by PayPal. These days, choices are everywhere. Like, for instance, the milk in your coffee. Would you like it from a cow? A nut? A tree? Everyone wants options. And now your customers have a new option in the way they pay. With PayPal in person. Just generate your unique QR code in the PayPal app for them to scan. And start accepting PayPal in person today. Learn more at paypal.com slash us slash get QR code. This turned out really good, actually, for for the level of professionalism that yeah, it we looks, were working. I always thought that looked really good. I had I, w- I wanted to bring I had stuff in storage, but I have all these photos from like one of that tour. We remember when we played Minneapolis and we yeah, switched off sets. I was thinking that this is either from Warehouse or this is from that show. Although am I from the Minneapolis show. Or? Fucked up weird shirt in this. I don't know. That was the worst idea we ever had. It was like, why don't no, you No, it was the dude? best. It was horrible. It was, it was, it was, it was beautifully I, horrible. Talk about bringing a show to a screeching halt. <laughs> why everyone decided, was like, we decided to do that because there was like no one there? Or yeah, because, or because I don't like, remember why. it just seemed like, hey, let's do this. Okay. Shut no, Just to make the set, for the set to be shorter for everyone. You play two songs, we'll play two songs. Yeah, and we'll go until we're sick of it. <laughs> or, or everyone leaves. I think probably the latter happened. I thought it'd be really cool for you guys to hang out. I know that you wanted to mention something to Eric that he said about you. What did I? What did I say about you? Was it the thing about? Was it the hair? You know what? You had long hair. When I, I did. I actually, I did have you long hair when you first. Sexy too. When you first met me, I did have long hair because that was before. That was at the beginning of the summer when you guys were touring. That and came sh- through and came through and played that fucking horrible party garden spot that was like this labyrinth and weird and Don it was Don's ex girlfriend, you guys, and probably Don's ex girlfriend and probably yeah from Florida that yeah. Ray Dondi and like probably three other bands on tour. <laughs> I might have like I could have too like in stories I also one of those people like oh his hair looked like Crystal Gale like might have like overdone it but. You look like Antonio Banderas. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I always, no, like, no, no, but no, I always like because I always think about that too. Because knowing you now, it's like I, 
just was such a like different person, like from when we even toured together later. But yeah. not like you know, just visually. But <laughs> I was like, when somebody comes up to you, with long hair, it's like you're so different. Yeah, well, like when someone comes up to you with long hair, it's like, do you want to do a split with our band? And I was like, all right, I could go either way, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go either way with that. But yeah, but what no one's. You, you were the first band to ever ask us, so or I was like, huh. sure. Like, I was flattered than anyone because at that point we were flattered when anyone would say anything nice to us. Yeah. When so did you like, meet, though? Was it a random show? Uh, it was then. Yeah. It was, was uh, Christy Front Drive. You were very sweet that evening. Christy Front Drive sent, um, well, we, we, well, you're really, for, you were very forgiving, too, because, like, we, me and a buddy of mine decided we would, you know, become promoters simply by listing ourselves in uh, Maximum Rock and Roll's Book Your Own Fucking Life. <laughs> Which is the way we booked that whole tour, basically. Yeah, so they sent us copies of the, the first, the first record. And said, "Hey, man, we need help with a gig in, in Arizona." You know, like, "Oh, fuck, this is awesome." So, okay. And then I don't know if Joel was talking to you guys or what, but I met you at the I show. I talked to Joel first, I think. Yeah, he Joel's definitely more hands-on in that, and I, I met him at the show. But you heard the music first, and then. Well, we were yeah. lucky enough where we had a label that pressed a bunch of pictures for us, so we just. Back then, we actually would send LPs to people we wanted shows from. Yeah, which is that went a long way. Think back. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're getting an LP was like, that's... That was huge. Of, yeah, yeah. We're like, oh, yeah. dude, awesome. And it, was, and it was good, too. So I think like, I sent him a bunch, because he's like, I'll put a bunch of stinkweeds or something. And yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, all right, yeah, I'll send you like 10. But we, we had the, uh, you know, it was nice to have that, you know, to have an actual LP to send people, because it made yeah. a big difference. You know? Yeah. You know, it was cool... You could kind of get... That was sort of like the uh, share this link with ten friends equivalent back then. Here, <laughs> here, here I'm going to mail you five copies of our 10-inch, or our, our record. Cool, dude. I'll, I'll put that in the record shop and I'll, on consignment here. And the, but but the money what, you never saw. What would happen <laughs> is what would happen is you probably you just end up playing it for your friends and they'd be oh cool I want one. Like the the whole um, the whole like poof I am a distro guy yeah. craze that was going on for a while, where you just what? buy five or six copies of something and then sell them at shows or more of a yeah yeah like people would I never I never really understood that but I mean I guess it's sort of like um, they buy them wholesale yeah sort of like um, uh, you know because you couldn't I mean that's it wasn't everywhere yeah you just had to like kind of grab one and and. When, if, you, if you saw a band and you liked it, or you heard a band um, in a record store, chances are like that that record was pretty fucking limited, so you'd have to grab it right then. And like, uh, you know, I had a buddy who would who would do that, you know, buy you know a bunch of copies from a band on tour just so he could like kind of be, um, you know. A micro distributor for it, and like mm-hmm. they, those people would like post up at shows, and you know, sometimes it would be annoying because you'd be trying to sell your merch or your re- you'd be trying to sell your record because you're on tour, because that's the only way you're going to be able to get to the next town. And there's like this line of twenty other dudes selling like making raking in money selling their like avail patches. That was it's funny you brought up avail because we played in. One time we played in Phoenix and we opened up for a bail and like like Avail's not even playing we, tonight and we're <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. was that, uh, that yeah, but, uh, so we played with the bell and like we had like they had 
the, the most amount of merchandise I've ever seen in my life. And like they're like, here, you can take this like and one foot one was that corner at the end of the thing. So, but there was literally a line of kids, like they were in a shopping mall, walking down the line of like they were like, oh, this avail this, and like I don't know, they might have been. I could. It might have that. been like the old glory, old glory records is what used to do that. He might have been with them, so he was like doing everything old glory records, and but, like we could not, like we we're like trying to fit our shit on the end of the table, like just barely, you know. But we ended up selling more shit that night, almost than I mean, God, I mean, any tour we did because those kids are like they were like they went there to shop. Because they're like those districts. That was the place to get it. Yeah, that's the only way you can get all that crap. But I also I remember that night too that they had that Brody Bobo. Yeah, that guy. He uh, I got in his way and he pushed me while I was holding a Marshall. <laughs> I was trying to get my Marshall up on stage and I got in his way and he shoved me <laughs> like really hard and I was like I'm gonna leave this guy alone. He looks kind of crazy. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm gonna let you know. I'm, gonna, I'm not a fighter. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, especially this guy. This yeah. guy would probably rip my ears off. Looks, yeah, I wouldn't want to mess with Bobo. <laughs> That's funny, dude. Yeah. I, Bobo. Yeah. Yeah. Are they still Are they still doing something, you know? Someone don't know. One of my Tim, friends was saying they're friends with a drummer or something. Yeah. I don't know. I think Tim's still doing stuff. Right? Yeah. They were really good live. I remember that. They oh, were, yeah, they tore it up that day. They were really great. But just, was, oh, sorry, I was going to say from that. That first time, that first show, like, was it like, all right, we'll do a seven inch, and then, yeah, keep we, I think or, Joel and yeah. you and Joel were like, hey, we'll do a split seven inch, and then I remember sitting in, and I, um, excuse me for not remembering his name, who's who's out this apartment? The oh, guy used uh, to go on. Um, I loved that guy. He was one of my favorite people. What Tim? Tim, the one yeah. who used to go on uh, uh, the talk shows, yeah, the talk shows and makeup stories. Yeah, yeah, but we sat in that that apartment and we hand did all of those seven inches. Like, right. Yeah, yeah, I remember. The, I remember the the, the seven inch making party. It wasn't that much fun, but <laughs> I remember thinking like, Chops this is like, this is way too much work actually. And we 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 actually came up with a plan on the spot because we we're like, I remember going to a store and being like, we okay. should buy those little gold stars and uh, we should do something. And I remember getting markers and like, yeah, rulers. Here's so a basic. Stupid. Here's a basic design. We can uh, and we the stamp. Yeah, the stamp. Man, that wasn't fun. But, I mean, it was fun hanging out, but it wasn't fun making an actual sandwich. So. <laughs> I was like, this is too much work, actually. How many do you wear? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is stupid. What a bad idea. We pay people oh, to do man, this. Oh, man, yeah. But from that, was it like, wow, this is, like, was it different stuff for you, Jim, that you had heard? Or, or you know, it was like, this is something different? The Christie Front Drive stuff? Yeah. Were you listening to stuff at that around that? Uh, you know, uh, we were always listening to like lots of different things. I mean, it was definitely more skewed toward the the more punk things that were happening around us. But it was always pretty varied. There was a really good scene in Arizona at that time too. There were so many bands and like people. Yeah. Like there was a really fun atmosphere in Phoenix at that time. I don't know what it's like now. I haven't been there a long time, but I just remember all those bands like Anderson and. Like, oh, so yeah, many, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of different bands happening. We'd always, I think we played with them all at some point. Yeah. I just think, like, people ask me, like, how does, how did anything happen back then? You know, because everything's so instant. So yeah. it was like, was it, all right, let's do the seven inch, maybe we'll play down the line, or let's keep in touch, or You know, it's weird, like, yeah, I mean, you're just thinking about that kind of, just, I mean, we texted, what, three times, and it's like, well, you That's think like more yeah, you, you think like you think that you think that because things are so easy now that it'd be impossible to get by without it. 
Not impossible, but, but it took longer. It did take longer, but we got stuff done. Like, we got phone. a lot of stuff done. You would actually call people rather than texting them, you know? Like, yeah. Or I, I remember sending a lot of letters, like having a lot of letter back and forth yeah. to people, which is weird. Like, you have to wait like a week to hear back from yeah. someone. Yeah, like, but, you had, but you had a lot of fires in the oven at the same fire yeah. stand. You had a lot of fires in the oven. You had a lot of things going on. You had a lot of like things sent out at once, and then you know they would come back and you'd handle them as they as they as they came in. But I mean, it seems like we were always either. I mean, maybe I just remember it this way, but it seems like we were always running into each other. If we weren't doing shows together, we were always running into each other, like either on the road or in each other's like home base area. Yeah, we would always help each other out with. We were around each other's area, like we knew that we were taken care of, and yeah. like we went to Phoenix, we knew we were taken care of. You came to Denver, we, we had you. Yeah. And then anything else, like if we knew friends, like because back then you'd also know people in other towns. You'd be like, hey, why don't you get a hold of this kid, like in South Dakota? Yeah. We'll do a show for you, and like and that was a. Uh, it was so much community back then. It, was, it seemed deep. I'm not sure. I'm sure it happens now, but I feel like it's more of like these hardcore punk bands now. But I'm. Because I feel like there's all these bands like Florida that send around tapes, you know, like the sets now and stuff. And I think they have, they're kind of doing the same thing we did back then. Um, but, you know, and it, it's just funny. It's just kind of weird to think back in that time and there was no internet. You know, like we didn't do anything. That, you know, it was like, it was everything yeah. was like, it's kind of, I've actually, just the first time that's dawned on me, actually. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, I forgot it, there was, I didn't have a computer at home, I was just like, how yeah, you, sitting. yeah, oh, totally, yeah. man. It is, it is, it is, it is different now, I think people expect, I need to a lot more, yeah, out of it, because, it, because so many, well, now there's fucking five million bands, it's like, back then, I don't, I feel like the, you know, you could be going on, t- you would be on tour, but there wasn't like, eight million bands on tour, like, at the same time, and now it's like, there's so many bands now. I feel like there's a don't you do you, do you feel like there's more bands around? Is now? there like, is there more bands? Are there more bands? Or just because you hear about them more? Or yeah, I don't know. Were there more bands then? We just didn't know about it at yeah. all. I mean, think about it. Like yeah. okay, so I wonder. Like what? I mean, you probably knew about the people that you had probably you had some sort of connection with people that were happening in like the suburbs or Boulder, but you didn't. Or, but you might not, or, or maybe across town. But how many more things weren't on your radar just because you didn't have like the once removed friend that knew them, or maybe the music was slightly different, or they were on a major metal. label, yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, promoted, yeah, yeah. I don't know because I mean, growing up, I only knew about like Motley Crue and you know, like anything like that. You know? It took a it, maximum rock and roll was the first thing that actually opened my eyes to like yeah. underground music. The first time I because. I had a cousin that was really into Minor Threat, and I remember him giving me that tape. I was like, "Holy shit! Like, what is this?" And then uh, I saw a picture of Ian McKay in the Max Rock and Roll. I was like, "I'll buy this." And I sort of there were so many bands that I got opened up to from Max Rock and Roll, like Naked Raygun, and just like bands like that. Who's Do even? I didn't know Who's Do existed before like Max Rock and Roll. You know? We got a lot of. Um, uh, we had a. I mean, we we. We benefited greatly from from getting a positive review in, in Maximum Rock and Roll. You guys got a positive review. I never. Yeah, got our first that. our first seven inch. They would never touch us for some reason. Really? Yeah, they would never. Maybe because, maybe us. because maybe because heart attack latched onto you guys super yeah. quick. They thought that oh, that's their thing. 
Yeah, it's kind of like uh, competing. Uh, yeah, we were like the hard attack sweetheart for a while. Yeah, yeah so, we never got to Metro, but did things turn around for you after the Maximum Rifle thing? Well, it went from zero to ten. Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize Maximum Rifle did that. Like out of a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> On the scale that I'm That's I should cool, that. Yeah. I didn't realize that actually. I, I don't think I realized you guys got reviewed in there. That's it was a big deal to get reviewed in there. Didn't oh I? yeah. When you saw your name in Maximum Rifle, you're like, holy shit, we made it. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. It was huge. It was a huge yeah. deal. We're still buddies with the guy who who wrote the review. Oh really? Nuts. What was his name? Ray Luan. That sounds familiar. I feel like I knew all those reviewers at one point. Because I always latched on to the ones that like fans I liked. Because back then, even like Green Day was underground. I was like, that guy's like Green Day. Probably like anything else he liked. Yeah, there was or a real... You knew that. Like, yeah, yeah, you knew that about them. Like, there, each reviewer... It was different because like you you knew that... It, I mean, the whole... The magazine didn't necessarily have... A, a lean, but you knew about each the columnists and the reviewers themselves. Like this guy likes this, so that can inform me on this review. Well, you know, even if it's a trash re- a trash review, it's like, well, he hated this other record, so obviously, you yeah. know, that's there. You go, you followed that stuff. Yeah, probably too much because there was stuff that I, that I saw trash that I ended up liking a lot. Like later, I was like, oh, this wasn't as bad as was but it just depended like now it's like really hardcore like I've seen some recent episodes like uh, episodes uh, issues and they've really gone the other direction I think they cut they had like at one point where they had a line like we're not doing anything that's not like they almost did the Paul Kane thing like it's like nothing that's like has anything to do with anything corporate or yeah but I could be wrong about that but that's It's tough, man. Like, what's what's? How do you feel? Like, what? Like, right now? Like, I'm actually curious. I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna, I'm gonna interview him right exactly. now. Exactly. <laughs> because I'm actually interested in like, what, like, with the whole Jimmy Eat thing. Like now, like, in this in this day and age, where, like, where everything is fucking single singles, no albums. Is it more difficult, like, for like you guys now? Do you think, or do you guys have you always just kind of kept on a? I've always wondered, like. How things are for you guys because you have a whole new you've seen a couple different climates of like yeah. music and like what is it like is it odd now because of what's going on with like no, the Taylor Swift thing and it's like, all odd man yeah it's just now there's but, no like I don't know what the fuck's going on anymore when I like, turn on the radio like I have no idea what's going on anymore yeah no I mean the the terrestrial radio is uh, it's a no man's land Really now, I like mean, YouTube's a big part of it now. Like a lot of those new like singles and stuff, like the Macamore and all that shit. Like it's all like from YouTube views, which is weird. You know, like they're actually like Billboard is actually like bringing in YouTube views to like where you are. In the oh, show. really? Yeah. Which is odd. Like that's there was yeah, a new thing just recently. One. Yeah, like they'll if you have so many. That's one of the reasons that Psy, Korean guy, like, uh, like, is he has like fifty million views on his videos. So like. It, came into the... It's just such a weird atmosphere right now. Yeah. No, I didn't think about that. But you guys are a little more, like, up in the industry, so, like, is it, like, do you feel it at all up there? Like... There's a certain amount of it that I try to just completely tune out because I don't find it helpful. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's... It's... The parts of it that... That, um... 
I mean, and it changes so fast too, yeah. or it seems like it has been. I, know. I just try to I try to stay up on what's what's helpful for me, but um, that's really just like on a personal level, you know. I mean, it, it, it what's helpful for me is to understand like uh, you know, maybe the basic working knowledge of it, but not like the the meta picture. Well, you guys are kind of lucky where you, I think you guys got big before that shit happened. Yeah. Or like, and you have, like, I think you guys have a fan base that kind of is very loyal to you through it. And like, I think you, you're much luckier than other bands. In that oh, way. yeah. Like, oh, know, for like, sure. Because you got that going. And like, people are so um, loyal to you guys. You know, like, no matter what happens. And like, that happened before. So it's like, you guys, I think you guys got a free pass through this bullshit that's going on now in a way. Like, it's very nice. Because you can still yeah. go play Central Park right now. When other bands are like, you know, trying to open up for Justin Timberlake or Jason, you know, it's just like, it's yeah. nice, you know? No, it's, 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 we're super, I mean, we're, we're totally grateful for it. And, you know, we, we, it, it was a pretty insane, lucky break <laughs> that things happened when they did. Um, yeah, I, I always felt like right before Bleed American, you were kind of losing hope. I remember having really? a conversation with you. And you called me once and was like, I'm not sure what's going on. I remember, I remember I was living in Chinatown, you called me, and I was right when I started doing Antarctica, and you were like, yeah. Oh, right, yeah. And you're like, I'm not sure what to do. Like, this is getting difficult. Like, maybe I should start something. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I did this, it didn't really work out for me. But, um,. I'm glad I didn't give you advice to because <laughs> it worked out perfectly for you. Know, like it's like no, no, get out. Yeah, well, I think like it, it's. But there was a tough time. But right before I feel like that, I don't know because I don't know the whole story because I only heard from Paul Drake. Like before the bleed American thing, you guys had to like do everything yourself for a while and like kind of. But you guys paid your dues during that time period, like pulled yourself by the bootstraps and like got your shit together and like somehow like then you got in the label and everything turned around. That was a very yeah, we were important lucky. time for you guys. Really. Yeah, like, yeah, we were super lucky that... Um, capital could fuck you, you know? Like, you know, uh, you know you say, I, in hindsight, I can say that we didn't really get screwed by capital. It was the fact that we had no business being on a major label in the first place. I, I still mean, think Sacra Bells is a strong record. I mean, they, I think... They, I mean, they know... Especially, I mean, things are so different now, but I mean, back then it was like it, labels... They knew what to do with a band that sold that sold like, you know, tens of thousands of records. They could drop the hammer with that and you know push it, and they knew what to do. They had no idea what to do with a band that had only sold like a combined total between four releases, like three thousand copies. They had no idea what to do with us. But you know, and it wasn't necessarily happened though. They were looking for every every opportunity to. On that, you know? oh sure, that opened up everything. I think every band that time period was approached by a major label at one point. Like after Nirvana, that changed everything. Yeah, every every A and R person was kind of like there's another just Nirvana. fishing, fishing yeah. hardcore to make their name and and you know find some crazy uh, where these guys come from explosion band. Yeah, but then you had the opportunity for you know time and money to do. Clarity. Well, yeah. Was that done, you guys, or was that? Was no, that was capital. Last, yeah, that was a yeah. capital, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we just approached that like, well, we we might never end up working in a studio again, so let's rent timpani today. 
Well, you were like, uh, even in Stack Rebels, you were just flying me out for like five seconds of vocals. <laughs> you know, it was like, they were like, they were just yeah. they were kind of playing and. Because how, I mean, how much of that do I sing on that record? It's like a total of like 10 seconds. And like you fly. Right. And it was awesome though, you know? Like, I, I remember oh, sure. Playing, I remember playing basketball with Tom all day. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I remember from that. Yeah. Because there's that basketball court by Yeah, me. yeah, yeah. Which was great. I was like, this is nice to be in California. And you, you and I worked out that vocal part. Like, I remember sitting in the studio, we, we spent like two minutes on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Because uh, yeah, sure. I was like, I'm not sure what to do. Yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> I have this one idea. But <laughs> I know, we just kind of expanded it. It's funny. Who's the guy that was producing that right here? That was Trombino. No, no. Oh, Wes, 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 yeah. yeah, that's right. He was the one, he, like, he really got that. He kind of just started jumping on me. He was like, came out all this way, you know, this is all you have. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, Wes is a nice, Wes is a nice guy, but that, the, what the dynamic there, I don't know. I, I think he's, I think he's in Chicago somewhere still. Mm-hmm. He kept in touch a little bit, but. He's the person that introduced me to the idea that you have to drink a Coke in the morning. You do? Like the, he, uh, I remember he picked me up from the airport and it was, it was like eight o'clock in the morning. It was like I have to get like a, you know, it's, it's a big thing. You go to McDonald's and you get a, a giant Coke for breakfast. And, I was like, and then I've met other people along the way that had the same, what? the same mentality. Yeah, it's like a lot of people drink Cokes for breakfast, like for McDonald's, because they have the big straws and everything. It was like a whole thing. It was like there's a community of people that do that. And he was the first person. That also, that's diabetes. insane. Yeah. <laughs> The funniest thing, though, like, during that time, the funniest thing, and I still tell the story, like, I remember we were staying in the hotel room, and some reason the alarm went off. I don't know. We were, we were thinking about going to Tijuana. I'm, I'm probably the only one who remembers this. You've had more time. <laughs> I really forgot it. But, like, the alarm started going off. Like, for some reason, like, the, the smoke alarm. alarm. And the, your reaction, she got up and started answering the phone. You're like... Hello! 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 <laughs> oh, that's funny. That was I got, the greatest I was thing like, ever. I, thought, I, like, I almost pissed my pants. I was laughing so hard. I was like, no, it's, no, it's a smoke alarm, dude. Oh. But like, hello! That was a dude, greatest. that's funny. I don't remember that. I do. I, I don't, for some reason, I think it was you. Because <laughs> was, I was awoken from a deep sleep. Because I've never, it was because it was like out of a Lucy episode. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the alarm's going off. Like, hello? Oh, that man. was awesome. But, funny. Uh, yeah, I will never forget the action. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, dude. You were very alarmed. That's for sure. Did uh, you, Eric? Was did you help with like Static Prevails like demos, like passing around, or was it kind of a every? You were sending it to everybody, Jim. I think that happened. Oh, the Static Prevails demos, like or sending them out. Well, like, I got the one or? from you. But I played yeah. it. I mean, I, the only thing I did is I played it for everyone I knew because I. I remember when you start sending me that stuff, I was like, this shit's really good. I was I'm really, I was so like, into that. Like, but I played it for everyone I knew, but like, I didn't really sit it around. I don't think it was, I don't think it was because I was trying to get like exposure for it. No. I think I was just like, hey dude, what do you think? What do you or, think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved, I loved it when we sent it. I bet it was, I really liked that record a lot. To this day, like, I'll always, like, if I'm going to be around, I want you guys to play Claire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's one of my favorite. That song always got. I tried working that back into the set a little while ago. I love that song. Oh, it's such a good song. That was a classic. I've always loved the uh, Tom's Robot song too. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was fun to play, man. It's hard to get Tom to to to, to sing that one, but I love playing that one. How come he just doesn't? I don't know. I mean, it's like he's like, nah. 
<laughs> yeah, we have, and plus we have so many songs now. It's kind of tough to pick and choose what we play or what we don't play. Do you uh, actually consider like what people want to hear now? Like, do you do that? Yeah, like? yeah. Sometimes, I mean, it, it's kind of like um, well, we don't make a set list just based on what we think people are going to want, but at the same time, it's like. We'll take that in consideration when we're bored with playing what we're playing, and we want to like, oh, let's 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 put this back into the into the set. Well, you're in a position where you're still making music, so it's different. Like, it's not like you're like, hey, we're coming back later and we should play the hits. Like, you you're still putting out records, so like. Yeah, it's still it's still an evolving kind of thing. So we'll we'll switch it up a lot, and sometimes we'll like you can look at like iTunes. And see what are the popular tune, popular songs like that, and that's a last FM. Yeah, that's some. That's you know, if we're looking for what to play, then you can kind of tell that way. Yeah, what might be good. Like a lot of people were stoked on Twenty Three, obviously. Yeah, last night, and then did disintegration EP and remember stuff like that. Right, Just those little things where someone can kind of out and be like, okay, <laughs> that was awesome. Did you guys do a full clarity tour? Or you just do we a did, show? We did, like, we did like a week of shows in nine days. We didn't do more. We had like that seems like that recording would be, made. That would be a monster if you're just like, we're playing clarity for a tour. Like, that seems like, it really latches onto people, that record. Like, I, I hear more people talk about that record like than anything else. Really. That seemed to really, which is funny because you guys were in such a weird spot at that time. You know, like, did you feel like at that time, like during the capital, like, was that the time you felt like capital was kind of like not the spot for you? And maybe you just did what you wanted for that record? I never. Or was it just I didn't care. naturally? Yeah, yeah. I was like, I didn't think about, I didn't think about like what we were doing in the context of like a professional. <laughs> a career or, or what is good for our band kind of situation Which it was like here's what, we, record. here's what we can do yeah. here's what we want to do let's do this and I mean we were still like playing in basements you know I mean Tim was booking us by that point uh, flower, flower booking yeah. yeah I mean but at, maybe he, no maybe he wasn't no I don't think actually either way we were we were, we were still playing I mean what I saw was probably not was, basements with Tim. No, he was pretty. He was pretty connected. Though. No, no. But I mean, it was like we were just doing the same thing, and things were slowly getting better. You know, like we'd play for slightly more people when we came back to a town, or we'd get asked to open for a slightly bigger band. You know, I mean, it was like. Um, you could see there was a there was a progress there was a upward trajectory, however minimal, you know it was encouraging. Oh, so yeah. it's not like the smallest amount is huge in band. Yeah, I didn't I didn't I mean that's what I saw. That's what I was like you know focused in on. It wasn't like where does this record stand in the scheme of hardcore right now or or like yeah. how is this going to well, be not, I didn't mean it that way I meant more of the label like is, did you feel that Capital was kind of odd at that point like you know you were just like let's just kind of did you feel it was an ending at that point when you went to the studio no I thought it was weird because when the first time I sort of I mean we, we'd, we'd always been sort of we'd always been um, pretty low on the totem pole there 
and it wasn't, uh, you know, we, uh, we didn't have any, like, illusions about where we stood yeah. <laughs> on our whopping, like, 6,000 records sold compared to what Radiohead was moving or Beastie Boys were moving. It's just funny, because from my, where I was standing, it was huge, you know, like, everyone I knew loved that. You know, like, it, I would live that little micro. No, I mean that's what we. No, we thought we we were we were super appreciative of what we had, and we felt like we were we were doing what we wanted to do, and it was awesome. But I mean, we had no illusions about where where that where our scale differed from what the label scale was all about. I mean, Capitol Records. I mean, who else was on the label that time? They were mentioning some crazy acts. You do that that. type of work where it's like you got like a smaller band, and then you got like yeah, it's hard. Miles Davis. Radiohead, right? Yeah, Radiohead was on, yeah. That's right, man. Radiohead was on it. Radiohead was was being put out by them. Beastie Boys. All the Beastie Boys. That was was when Matador was distributed by them. So they had, like... Oh, Matador did Capitol? Yeah, Matador did a thing with Capitol. Is that right, like, when Pavement, like, like the... uh, Crooked Rain record came out? No, that was when I think Wowie Zowie or, or, or yeah, uh, Terror Twilight came out. Okay. And like Chibomato. I remember Chibomato. That whole era of, uh, of Matador, Pizzicato 5, and. and uh, I never heard Pizzicato 5. I've heard that name a thousand times. I've never heard that band. It's like. Um, John Spencer was probably big at that time, too, right? John Spencer. When that Orange record came out. Yeah, I think that was. That That's was kind of a cool record. Yeah, his stuff's awesome. I think they're playing again. They are, yeah. They just yeah. put out a record, I think. I like that orange record. I'm sorry, I just killed that. Yeah. <laughs> orange. I just brought this to a screeching halt, Johnson. <laughs> yeah, good times. Orange, yes. Steven Tyler's favorite record of the year. <laughs> what were we talking about? We were talking about uh, where you were at Capitol. Because I've always wondered, like... Oh, the clarity thing, yeah. like, where... But then you got dropped up, and then, like... I'm sorry. I'm... But, like, is that no, always... That's why... You go, you then the DreamWorks thing happened. That was, um... I've always heard a rumor that you got a, a bid going on you guys. Is that true? That, like, you kind of got a, like... Like, it, it might not have been a true bid, but, like, people were, like, you got labels starting to oh, yeah. fight over you. How did you, how did that work? Because I've always heard that theory that, like, you guys got to, like, somehow you, I don't know if it was a trick or if it was really happening, but, like, people started bidding over you for some reason. Like, that maybe, like, there might have been a deception in that thing of, like, uh, oh, no, this label wants us for this much, and, like, did you have Oh, the, no, no, it doesn't no. work, it doesn't work like that. no. I yeah. thought maybe you guys somehow like. Uh... Well, I mean, we we we, we um, okay. So we made Bleed American. You paid for that yourself, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and when we were um, working in the studio, we had we had like, um, you know, some people come by and they're like, "Oh, this is really, you know, hey, this is cool," and uh, then more and more people started kind of coming by and hearing about it. And then pretty soon we had like the president of MCA was dropping in wow. to check it out. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, it was like uh, where were right. you recording at? Was it in LA? The LA? Yeah, guy, yeah, it was. It was at a studio called. Uh, it was at a guy named Doug Messenger Studio. And 
it was, um, you know, we just had, we, we realized, okay, this is a little bit above where, where we've kind of been hovering, so we need to get a manager, because we, 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 we had parted ways with our manager right when we got out of the deal of capital, so we were kind of floating around just doing our thing. And then you got one of the biggest managers there is. Yeah. Like at the time. Uh, like the, what's his name again? Uh, John Silva. Yeah, I mean, come on, that's like, he was, was he like Nirvana's manager? And like, yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of huge. <laughs> that kind of helps. Yeah. Like John, John Silva working for that, yeah. guy, that, that guy can talk to people. He's got, got a Rolodex. Going. He's got a Rolodex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> know, yeah, but, um, yeah, I mean, that was, you know what, that was really interesting, too, because at the time, when we, um, when we uh, were looking for managers, um, Gary Gersh and Silva were together in the management company, right. and Gary Gersh was the president of Capitol Records when yeah. we were on Capitol, so it was a strange... Weird. It was a strange meeting because uh, on one hand, you know, You're both there. on one hand we had just, you know, been through capital. I mean, uh, I had heard later after the fact that Gersh had told um, Aronson that he didn't think he should sign us because we weren't ready yet, which is a great way to, to, wow. to get yeah. into the, to the business. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I mean, and it made sense too, when you think about it, that we shouldn't have, we had no business being on, a, on that obviously, kind of a label. From a, it did make sense. Well, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, not until way after the fact. It, make, it makes sense now. At the time, it certainly didn't. So, you know, but he ended up doing all right, you know, for us. I, I, I don't have any resentment toward him at all because he ended up, uh, what happened was they ended up kind of just taking their, you know, doing like what managers do. Like they went around to labels they, they thought might be good partners showed them the stuff and you know there was about five of them that were interested and so it kind of went back and forth we met with people just kind of felt out what the landscape was you know what were you know just what <laughs> what our yeah. options were we had options for the first time and DreamWorks ended up being the best place do you think the video had a lot to do with it like with the underwear that was, video, you know, I don't that know. seemed like that seemed to be the first time I was like, "Oh shit, these guys are." I remember seeing the video in VH1. I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. "What's happening here? This is gonna work. This, I think, this is gonna yeah. work out." Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was because the song. I mean, it was sort of like probably a good. No, the song is all, great. You can have a great song, but you have a good video too. Like it seems to like it's like a and, double. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, coming from all like it was getting yeah. it was getting good radio play. The video ended up being something that got airplay. Video still mattered and were played. That was probably one of the last years that videos were played. Yeah, and it, it was huge. As a VH1, like the morning, like yeah, you were big. If you got on, if you had a video on, on VH1, you'd cross like over. When you made yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> You were on. You were on popular culture's radar for sure. To this day, man, I cannot. Does it ever? Because every time I go to a fucking bar, that song comes on. You're like, <laughs> does it? Did you ever? Are you ever like, Jesus Christ? <laughs> like, no. Because there's always this bar I used to go it's to. It's funny. Side, it was like it would come on five times a night. Really? There. Yeah. You're just like Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. You know, and it would always be. Like, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I play the instrumental yeah. version at the DJ night, yeah. and people take 30 seconds, and I'm like, what's happening? And then everyone starts singing. Oh, funny. Because uh, they know the song. Yeah. But yeah. it's like, for 30 seconds, like, wait, oh, the lyrics? Oh, okay, we'll just sing it. You guys definitely had an anthem on that one. That one really, <laughs> that one definitely fucking, like, caught people's attention. Yeah, it ended up working. <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I thought a, that was sort of like the recharge the jets, almost. Like, it gave... Oh, yeah. I was much more of a fan of, when I saw the Sweetness video, I was like, that's one of the greatest songs I've ever heard. That was like, that one, like, I I actually, the first time I heard that song was when I saw the video. I was like, god damn, that's a fucking good song. I couldn't get it out of my head. That's one of my favorites you do live, when you do it live, too, when you get the the crowd thing. That always works. It it gets almost as big a reaction as playing middle still, which is bizarre. That was a cool video. Who did that video, by the way? That was a fucking cool video. Tim Hope? It was so like odd and like abstract and like it was like a very cool concept. Yeah, he had a really interesting way. It's like what he did was like, pretty much all in post production. Like he, he, but he would, but he would get like he would build the the kind of imagery from like he would actually go and shoot things and then kind of like digitally make it. Were you really in that van looking out the window? <laughs> like, we were in a. I always um, picture you looking out that van window. We were in. There's a lot of green screen stuff. We were in yeah. like some of the interior stuff was was around. It was kind of like. Like a movie, like shooting a crazy like Peter Jackson movie with like, green screens and <laughs> like dollies and cameras swifting around. Imagine there's a monster next to you. Exactly. React to it. Yeah, all right. <laughs> and give me pensive. <laughs> and also too, I, I thought too like the resurgence now, like of the word. It's sort of taken its course through the the muck a little bit, and then sort of has now a a positive turn to it. There's bands that reference it. Um, I mean, is it does that seem weird that it's kind of come full circle where now people are searching out the older stuff, not necessarily, you know, if it's mid two thousands, if it's Fall Out Boy or those kind of. I don't things. know, man. I think it's just it, it might be because it's easier to find. I mean, with your with your phone, you pretty much have access to the Library of Congress. That's true. I just have where you are. China's mainframe. Yeah. I got the new yeah. iPhone thing. You can change. Your I got grade. iOS seven. I can do anything I you want. You can change yeah. your grades or launch nukes. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's true. Would you like to play a so game? So you just think it's just. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to play a game? So it's just access. It's just then it's easier for them to look back and it's not looking through a CD booklet and seeing the names and then searching or going to that show. I don't know. I don't think it, I'd be. I, maybe, yeah, I think so because I don't. I don't see it as a. I don't see it happening as a phenomenon. I don't see it happening as a trend. It just might be. I think people are people growing up now and people getting into music are are definitely more. They're more conditioned for um, seeking out a niche. And there's so much material across the board of of, of everything. You know. Um, I feel like I'm missing out on a lot because there's so much I can't pay attention to it all. I actually just recently started getting into these weird K-pop bands, like you know, like these girl bands that are horrible, but they they're actually pretty good. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't, but there's so much shit out there. Like even if you go to other countries, there's like a a shitload of these. Like I mean, Korea alone has like six hundred bands. Like you know, like yeah, of like these, and they're all like they're not that bad. Like it, it, I think it's better than some of the stuff on the radio right now. But you know, Psy is not even the best one now. I don't think. Just kind of. 
I just noticed, you know, like the people really gravitate to the Midwest scene if it's cat and jazz or American football. Like these, you can hear it in these, and they reference it, and they're, they're super young. Yeah. So it's just the, it's just interesting that it's sort of, it went away from the gloss, the hair, the makeup, and it went back to. Oh, thank God, I don't music. even know what that was. What was that when, like, you remember, like, when emo went to that weird phase? Like, that's when it was very. I think that's when you started your thing because no, it, was I got like, angry. it was like such an. See, the first, number one, I never understood the term in the first place. I never, like, every time I was called emo, it was kind of upsetting. Not upsetting, but it's like I don't understand it, because I always thought, like, Rites of Spring was emo. And I'm like, we're not, like, White Rites of Spring, you know, or, like, Moss Icon, one of those bands. But then it turned into these kids, like, cutting themselves and, like, with angular haircuts. And, like, you know, like, I don't know what that, I have no idea what that scene was. But like, what was that? Yeah, it's kind and of... And you had to ride through that. Did you see that shit, like, ever? Did you ever, like, show up to shows and there was some kid, like, cutting himself in the front? Like, with some sort of angular haircut and, like, piercings and shit? Did you see some of that stuff? How do I even begin? How do you respond to that? I know. But you, you had... Because you actually went through that period. I, I got out before. I saw, I saw, like, the... I saw the lifestyle aspect of trying to... Trying to be something that, that I don't know, man. I don't know how. The, I don't know exactly how the, the. I guess you could call it more like the glam kind of like yeah, the hair metal phase. It was yeah. like it's almost like you. It's like taking emo and like mixing a little Motley Crue and like, like they almost look yeah. like members of Motley Crue. Those kids, you know, like except with more piercing. Like. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that's about or where it came from or why. But, but I certainly really don't think I certainly don't think that we had any similar or you had any similarities or or I can't just I don't see how we fit in all that. <laughs> see, that's the thing. That's why the the labeling is so. What I always think of is yeah. I mean, like I don't necessarily think Rides of Spring. I think about like what I was seeing like in. Um, well, I guess it was it was it was almost synonymous with hardcore. Itself, you know, thinking more of the heart attack bands, or? yeah, like or the gravity bands or um, struggle. But that, a lot of that was like kind of had like a straight edge edge to it, like too. I mean, like yeah, screaming before that word, like really was screaming on top of the lungs, falling over the place. Yeah, but Julia, frail Julia, they were good. They were good, yeah. but, they, but that was kind of like if I had to class, if I had to, if I had to say whatever emo. Like, if it did mean something, it was kind of more to that. But I mean, those dudes weren't like. I mean, they were wearing cut off jeans, and I mean, it wasn't like about. There was very low level of fashion. That yeah, work, like, work shirts were like the height of fashion for 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 everybody back then. Okay, I think you ever ordination of Aaron? I, I do like them a lot. And no, uh, I do like. Oh yeah, I mean like okay, so like ordination of Aaron. Always not the Hinder. Um, shot, shot maker, shot maker, uh, policy three, still life, still life policy. I just watched three. policy three video last. Really? Time. There's a video. Yeah, some there's this Japanese of them playing. Yeah, this Japanese Twitter feed called Blast <laughs> from the Past, and they post all these old school videos, and they posted policy three last night. That picture on the middle of, of Static Prevails of us playing in the warehouse in the, Rap, uh, the Rapahoe warehouse, Still Life was on that show. Oh really? Yeah. They were good. They were good dudes. I really liked those guys. They were really good friends with Chrissy Piper. 
Yeah. And that's why we'd always like. But the, yeah, yeah, I remember I like that bass player singer. He was such a nice guy. We used to oh, run totally. into him everywhere. I don't. I actually don't remember them musically so much. Like I remember they were, I remember watching them and like they're really good, but like I don't. And I like them live more than recorded. I think. Yeah, they could play. But uh, <laughs> now, but they were good. I mean, like, but you, yeah. they were such good dudes. We totally. played the weirdest fest once in Detroit, and I don't know if you guys are part of that. It was like, Detroit fest. We did the Detroit fest where it was like us, Cap and Jazz, Lifetime, Still Life. Uh, I think we were on the next day. I think we played with, um, was Broken Hearts or Blue on your day? No, they weren't a band yet. We were actually, that was probably the year before then. Yeah. We had some, that uh, was the craziest. I remember, like, getting paid, like, because they got all this money, and I remember seeing this room where all, they had all the bands, like, it was like a big meeting of, like, how they're going distribute, to distribute the money that everyone, they were like, well, Christy French Drive came from the longest, like, they had the longest drive here, so we're going to pay them $400, <laughs> which, you know, now sounds so stupid, but everyone was like, Four hundred dollars! Holy shit! You know, like you know, I remember like everyone was like, I remember uh, Davy when he was that was when he was in Capitan. I was like, you're gonna give them four hundred dollars? He was like, that's too much money. But like, back then, even like if someone damned you four hundred dollars, you're like, holy shit! That would like, pay dollars. For the, that would pay for the whole tour. I know, like that, that's Taco Bell and your gas. <laughs> you know? Shit, we're eating good tonight, guys. All yeah. Garden. We're not going to Taco Bell. We're going. We're gonna go to Subway. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, <laughs> oh, it's on, guys. Subway. Jack Daniel's steak. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were all vegetarian at the time. I was in the last. Oh yeah, that's right. We were all veggies. Jim, what was it like, you know, having Christopher Drive, you know, play those shows with you recently? What was it? What was that a few years ago? Show. The show, right? Yeah. Yeah, was it kind of cool just to oh, kind of? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. You guys did play. Yeah, this. Turn. <laughs> yeah, that was that was fun. Yeah, that was great. Where did, did this just pop in your head? Like we got to have. Those it just made sense. Out. Yeah, yeah. We had just done San Francisco for some like kind of weird things. I think we were just kind of playing at the time. Yeah, you guys I think that was it. Was on our. It was definitely on our. I mean, it was definitely on our radar because you were doing like other, like one-off sort of things, and it just worked out that, that your schedules could. Could make it happen. It was really fun. I had a good time. The Promise Ring tried to get us to play too, but we couldn't do it. We were going to do something in that. Because it really, like, for us, we're such a hassle. We're like, can you, uh, we need you to fly us all out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, you're, well, sure. monetarily, we're a nightmare. <laughs> there's a, there's like, a realistic, I mean, you guys are yeah. all, you have commitments, you know? You have, yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's a, it's just a, it's a cold hard fact that you can't make it happen. You know, unless you reach a certain amount of compensation for your time, at least like break even. That's all. That's all we want. Yeah, but that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even that's like not. I mean, you're coming from all over the country, and that's why I told Dan from the promiser, and he was emailing me. He's like, "You want to play the show?" I was like, "You really like? We would need like like to get flown out." And I was like, "We're a nightmare. Like, stay away from us. <laughs> like, seriously. Like, I was like, we can't like unless you want to." news, because I don't know how much the Promise Ring, I'm sure they were doing well on their reunion tour, but like, I'm sure they didn't want to give that much money to us. You know, like, it's way too much for an opening band. They can get it like a local band. We're very pricey as an opening band. We're the priciest opening band in this country. Jim, is it crazy? Like, you, when you said 20 years on the on the WNYC thing, I just, I didn't even think about it. I was like, holy Yeah, 94. Like, our first gig. That's, you know, to have that much time and have 
it sort of cycle through and it sounds crazy when you say it out loud for sure it is nuts. I mean it doesn't seem like you know I live in it every day so it's not it's only crazy when you when you bring up the when you look back on it like that but it just seems like that's what I'm doing today yeah aging isn't a choice no unfortunately you know acting like a crotch the old bastard is a choice but aging isn't <laughs> But to be able to have that continue and, you know, still do it, but then... I just think the, with the site, and it just seems people are noticing that whatever, 94 to 2001 time, that's like a really special time, or even a little bit before that, um, and for it to kind of recycle and continue, and for you guys to get through it. And so many of these bands are doing reunions, and that was it, but you continued through yeah, it. Yeah, you guys were the only ones to stay together the whole time. It used to be us and Piebald. Yeah. Is Pipe, did Pipebone stay together the whole time? Most of it. Wow. They might be getting back together for like shows here and there, but I'd, I'd heard that they, they had like broken up and disbanded. We played with them once in Boston. Pipeball just keeping they it real. They seemed like kind of a party band. Like when I first met them, they kind of freaked me out because I was hearing these like stories. They weren't, about, like, they weren't any more party than any of us were, dude. Really? Because I always got this feeling because I always, no. someone was... Someone was like totally like lying to me then because someone like told me that like they were passing some girl around the band and all this like no stories like that no when we tried and, and someone so someone was screwing with me oh man <laughs> and sure. I totally believed all of it <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure totally Travis would love to have that rep but I doubt it uh, that's really funny because uh, yeah we uh, it was at the uh, what's that uh, the Middle East or the Middle Middle East Middle East. I remember we played with them and like there was like some girl like yeah you know, they someone told me like yeah they passed her all around and I was, I was like what no way me. no way well I Jim don't I told you someone was screwing with me and I believed it like, Eric we're gonna edit that out no was it was it Rama that was telling you that maybe yeah I think it was actually now you say that yeah of course Rama would tell you that. See, I'm so fucking gullible. <laughs> I always believe. I was like, really? That's, that's the guy fun. you should talk to, Rama Mayo, the guy who re- who started yeah. Big Wheel Recreation. Have you talked to him? I haven't seen him in a long time. I think he's in L.A. Yeah. He's in L.A. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Definitely recognize the name from, you know, I mean, buying Big Wheel stuff and the comp. He, yeah. He used to always stay at my apartment all the time when I was when I first moved to New York. He was the mayor of Boston. Yeah. He was like our dude that... Would have her back there. Well, see, I was. Uh, is that uh, you were, that one time Steve Revit and I? We actually like mixed one of your songs. Yeah. Is that ever going to see? Is that going to be out on one of the uh, <laughs> extra tracks? We actually like, this kid and I, Steve, that uh, we both know. Like we. Uh, oh yeah, the, 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 he used to the like work at this amazing studio on 12th Street called RPM, where like the Stones recorded and like the Beastie Boys did uh, the one where they're in the sardine can there. Um, and we and we sometimes we would just be we'd sit there all night and just like fuck around and like he had just recorded you guys and where, where'd you put that song out on that was on that was, like split, that was on the split seven issue with Jay June yeah the Jay June split so with like, we actually remixed it into like kind of a dance song it's funny because we had all this time like he's like I got this Jimmy Earl thing I was like let's fuck with it <laughs> I actually tur- I think it turned out kind of cool though <laughs> I was kind of I remember we just got really stoned and like remixed yeah. it there's always, like, there's always like filters on the drums, like dub. It was like a dub version. Yeah, and your, your voice was like echoing through the whole thing. It, was like, it actually turned out really cool. I love. I actually love that remix. It was really. I remember we got done and we're like, I was like, I'm going to bed. But like, I was like, that turned out pretty cool. We got to send it to him. I thought we we thought you guys were gonna love it, but 
figures. Like, yeah, thanks, uh, thanks I, a lot. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we had any any place we could put it. I could use it at the time. Yeah, it's a. It should be a B side of a seven inch. It's a B side. I'll put my team on it. <laughs> I expect I expect this yeah. to happen by next year. It's really awesome. So there's a missing dance remix somewhere. Yeah. What, was the, name, what was the name of that song? Oh, it's called What I'd Say to You Now, I think. Yeah. It was the A side. That was a good song, too. We always yeah, fun. It was like playing that. Do you guys ever do that one anymore? Mm hmm. Yeah, I like that song. I just thought, I can't get over when you said the 20 years. <laughs> I know yeah. it's like seems, but like, I was talking to a college class and I was saying all these references and I like looked at their faces and they had no idea what I was talking about. And I was like, wow, I think that's yesterday. And it's totally not. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, you know, maybe, maybe people are going back, and maybe I think like what we talked about earlier about the the that window of time being like right before the internet became, before blogs replaced zines, yeah. and and like you know, um, in MySpace replaced uh, indie distro, oh, yeah, you know, like or like MySpace. like so like. The beginnings of social media started like you know here's what you can do with your band you know with your music you can you can be your own worldwide distributor and so can everyone else with a band. Um, it seems like that time, but that time, yeah, that was that was like the last time before before that took off as like the way that people do things, and I, I think um, we nostalgize about it because it it was what we were doing when we were younger, but I think like maybe outsiders will uh, romanticize about it because um, you know it was like a it was different you know there was something truer about it like it more like there was something more heartfelt about it too to me you know now instead of just kind of like the, all these people would come up and just throw their shit out at everyone and like it's not like I felt oh, like man. everyone at the time I felt like you had to really fucking work like, if you wanted to, like, play music, you really had to put a lot of time, like, and, like, if you wanted to get your shit, you'd have to get a fucking shitty-ass man. I mean, yeah, people I still do that. live in squalor yeah. for, for, like, an unknown amount of time. We used to give each other $5 per diems, you know, at one point a day. You know, like, it's like, you can spend $5, Eric, today, and that's why you go to Taco Bell all the time. It's the only place you could eat. But now it's like, yeah, one record, and there's a bus, and a... That was the first tour. Oh, yeah. Some people, not even a record yet, and they're, and they're yeah. doing SNL. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or, like, going on SNL yeah. and, like, singing horribly, too. Yeah. Like, like what, was, what was that girl's name? The one who just wrote oh, this song about Lady Gaga. Oh, everyone knows that name. You don't have to sing it. I don't, actually don't. I can't play it. Right? Oh, that's... Well, you do. Yeah. Have you ever played with it? No. I doubt we will. Did you do something to Taylor Swift, like, recently? Did I see that or did I dream that? Did you like actually like? I she was in town on two tours ago for her when she was when she was in town and she asked me to come play with her. That's awesome. We did a we did a cover in the middle. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty rad. Is she is she cuter like in person? I met her at Soundcheck, and you know she's just a kid, man. Yeah, she is. She's really she's just a kid. Like for ser seriously, I mean she she dresses up. Um, she cleans up real nice, but really, she's, she's just a kid, <laughs> you know. No, seriously, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. I love. I I think actually, I, I like some of the stuff. Like I, 
She's one of those people like I shouldn't like, but like, but the it's not that I shouldn't like. It's more of my own like punk. But like, her songs are really fucking catchy. Like, I mean, I don't like. I hear like the that song, the you know, the breakup song, whatever. Like, it's first time I heard that, I was like, well, that doesn't suck. Like, that's actually a pretty good song. And I actually would like find myself like was in a car, like turning it up a little bit. Like, yeah, no, I'm not turning this up. <laughs> no, it's. Why haven't you turned the station? We ended up actually covering We're Never Ever Getting Back Together. Oh, you did? That's yeah. right. That's right. I just heard that. How I, I haven't heard that yet. I can't wait to hear that, actually. It's really fun to play because, like, you just walk. Well, now That's people, what now people, I was talking about, yeah. actually. Now people, now people know that we we, cause we we did it for, like, iTunes EP, yeah. and now people know that we play it. But for, for a minute there, it was super funny because we'd start playing it, and it totally doesn't sound like. I mean, our whole gag with it is like we just really we slowed it down and really accented the dynamics of it, you know, like and made it made it heavy. And the parts that are supposed to be big, we made it really heavy. Yeah. And um, it's funny because you see, I'll be watching people when we start the song, and at first, it, like they don't know exactly what. I won't tell them what it is. Yeah. And they'll be like, Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, I know this one. And this then, is like, on they, clarity, you'll right? See, you'll see, like they're they'll be like. Fuck I know the song. <laughs> and then the chorus comes in, they're like, oh! They start hitting their friends. They're like, yeah! <laughs> there's, like, like, there's always like fists that come up halfway through the first chorus, and then it's... It, is a, room, it is a room full of people that would never admit to knowing the song, singing along by the end of it. The one part that sells that song to me, like, is that uh, right after the chorus, the, your friends talk, your friends talk. That's one of the greatest, like, little lines and, like, parts from a... Like, I don't know what you would call that, like, in a chorus. It's, like, almost like a... What would you call it? It's, like, it's a chorus, and then it's, like, a side chorus thing, you know? I'd just still consider it part of the chorus, really. But that's a great, like, that's such a great, like, little melody, like, that breaks up the, the you know, the parts. And that that's the part that always gets me. When I heard that, I was like, that's really fucking awesome. That's a really cool part. But uh, it's kind of fun to sing, too, because I find myself singing that, too. It's the old A-A-B-A. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Like, so many songs have that. It's a great part. It works every time. It works every time. Though. No, it is. It is like that's kind of what drew us to it. Is the chorus of that? Like, you know, things are successful pop songs for a reason. Yeah, because they're catchy. You know, it's usually the same chords. Really, just it's. Well, you can be, make them sound like your own. That's your your gold, you know? Because it's really like, there's nothing that hasn't been done, really. Yeah, none of us are re reinventing things. <laughs> it's just a new take, I guess. Does it feel, still feel like this is, you know, we've got another, you know, eight records in us. We've got like another, you know, this is a good system. Like there seems to be like, any city you go, people show up yeah, I don't know I mean I don't know what what will signify the that we should stop why would you if you're enjoying it you should never stop. that's the thing it's kind of like you know I don't waste a whole lot of time uh, you know stressing out or dreading the future you know the outcomes that can't be controlled yeah it's, it's like I you know we're doing this now it's fun to do now 
you know, why would I, why would I stop doing this today? You and guys are lucky of, enough to be able to not stop because like, if you look at someone like Katy Perry or like these other pop stars, they kind of do have an expiration date, really. Like, I don't think any of those people are really going to last yeah. too long because you, you don't well, have, you don't, I don't think you guys have that problem. Well, we, it's, you know? it's a little bit different yeah. than, because we don't, we don't, we don't chase that working in that world, really. I mean, we work in it whenever it comes to us, which is rare, but, you know, those people are, they live and die by, like, the success of their latest single. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's so, it's almost too big, you know, so, like, if you can't reach, like, if you reach such a height like that, like, if you come down at all, you're, they get rid of you. Like, someone, these days, you're like, eh, you're not, uh... He only sold like so many millions. Like first one was like twenty million. You know, like it, it's more noticeable. Like you guys have like stayed on this wave of like we're you here, out we have a crowd, and we're gonna like you know like we make music that people like. And, well, yeah, you got to get out and yeah. do the work, man. And then yeah. I mean, you get your break. If you get a break, you get a break. But you 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 can't chase that. I mean, you can't like. Well, you can, but I guarantee it's not gonna work. <laughs> it's not going to be. I mean, my. I don't know. It's just, it's it's a bad way to operate, for sure. <laughs> I thought you guys were going to bring up crazy stories. Remember when we toilet papered that one thing? And then <laughs> we did. You know, I actually before we did this, I I, uh, I was actually talking about. Do you remember when we got kicked out of that town in Wyoming? I do. <laughs> we got actually escort, escorted out of the town. I probably told. I've already told it on yours, but like. We uh we went down to the river and we were smoking doobies as the uh, as the uh, cop said. We were going to or South you, Dakota. I don't know if you were. I don't know if you were smoking. We were I know Tom to, and I were. We were going to South Dakota. <laughs> we were going to South Dakota up through Wyoming from Denver, okay. and we were camping because we were just pitch black. You know, we were just picture. We were just trying to find a, uh, some sort of point that we could stop. And I don't remember. I don't remember even being like loud. And there was like a dude. There was like a, a campsite <laughs> neighbor guy. I didn't know he was there because it was too dark. Yeah, and he was like, "What's that guy doing?" And he kept driving his car down, flashing lights at us. And then I guess he just took off and called the cops or something. He went down to the station. I think he drove to the station because we were there a long time. And he said, like, these kids are raising hell and they're you know. smoking weed. And yeah, because they heard us. Because I was like, "Hey, who wants a joint?" I was probably the one like. Cause that's when I used to smoke more. Oh, that like, was you. Oh, I had. I was the one with the bag. I know that. Because <laughs> I remember, like, when he the, cop, he the cop came by, he was flashing the light in their van, and I had just thrown the bag underneath the seat. And uh, I was like, "Oh, that shit's out in the open. I'm just fucked." Yeah, you know, like we were luckily, as, we were asleep in our van. Everyone was no, asleep. And by the time got... the cops came, we were asleep because oh. it was so much time passed from when the guy went to the cops. Yeah. So the cop shows up, and he's just pissed off that there isn't anything going on. Yeah. He finds, us, he finds us and uh, he doesn't want an altercation. It wasn't one cop, it was like guy. three, yeah. there was like three um, jeeps. Yeah, and so like they, uh, they they decided that they would escort us out of town. Do you remember the funniest thing about that? We didn't that? get our $5 back from parking. No, I, we didn't pay. Did we pay? Yeah, we paid. I don't remember paying. <laughs> You know what the funniest thing about that, and I don't know if you remember this, but like they at one point, you guys had some trash. Out, they were trying to find something wrong, so you guys had like some kind of bag outside your van, and so well, they actually wrote you a ticket for like littering. And Rick crumpled it up and threw it on the ground after the cop gave it to him. Did you see him do that? 
I didn't see that. I didn't know he had that. And I, that, that's when I, I actually got frightened because I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is not going to go well. That's a great idea, Rick. <laughs> yeah. Because he was like, oh, I remember he he was pissed he got woken up. And uh, I swear to God, he, like, the cop was like, well, you guys have trash shoes? I'm thinking, well, I didn't he, know he, that. He crumpled it up and threw it on the ground. And the yeah. cop didn't notice. But I was like, oh, shit. This is not yeah, good. Like, this is not going to end well. Rick. He has that side to him. Man, I remember like when we would drive through, and this probably happened to you guys a lot too. But you know, trying to get to gigs around there or getting through that country, it's like you'd, mm-hmm. you'd, you'd be in the highway, and you'd run into that 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 you know you're doing 55 and then 45 and 35 and 25 and then through this town, and then it would slowly escalate back up on the other side of town. There'd always be a cop in the town. Oh, yeah. Waiting for and follow you. That was always big in New Mexico. New Mexico was like a classic place for that. Yeah, they, and so you do six miles over the speed limit and then pull you over. You throw like bring the dogs out, sweat you down to see if you had any doobies. <laughs> they used to always always say we're gonna bring the dog out. Yeah, no. If I search that van, so I'm, I'm not gonna find anything. Am I? <laughs> and then they write me a t- they give me a warning for like the air freshener that I had hanging out by the rearview mirror because it was an obstruction because they had to like come up with some other some bullshit reason that they were stopping us. You've got a no, well, I'm you not gonna write a ticket this time. Yeah, yeah that was always. Uh... Oh, look at what I just found here. <laughs> <laughs> it's not mine. It's not mine. You had to come downtown. I'll take care of it. But yeah. That was New Mexico was a classic place for that. We had, um, you heard about that? You heard the boys' life used to be fucking nuts. Where they actually used to like steal gas at one point, and like they were like they would go into grocery stores and like walk out food down their pants and stuff. But they uh, there was a story where Paul Drake was following them, and they were going. They were in Nebraska, and uh, they had like gassed up and I guess gas and go. They used to do that all the time. That's but like, insane. So Paul was driving by them. And there was actually a cop that had um, Brandon on the ground and his gun out. Oh, no <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I remember Paul saying that. Yeah, yeah, I remember that now. Joe Winkle got busted in Denver because he uh, stole hair dye from uh, the King Supers by our house. Oh, God. Remember. But he, because uh, he dyed his hair some crazy color. He actually got out of it because he joked about it because they're like, why the hell are you stealing hair dye? He's like, look at my hair. (laughs) 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 I look like an idiot. But yeah, they used to, they were constantly like the lasagna down the pants. They were like thieves. Lasagna down the pants. Because that was the way they would survive. I actually almost, they they were in the most shoddy, I almost died with them because their fucking van set on fire while I was sleeping in it. Like they they would have the worst vans ever. That like were like you pull over to the side of the road and the fucking engine would set on fire. I remember you telling me that. I just remember seeing we the pictures. pictures. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen the picture of the van just torched. It, it, Scary it, stuff, dude. The side door did not open. So like they had a van that the side door didn't open. You know, the like, engine's on fire. Engine, but at that point, it was at the front two seats. So we had to jump out of the fire to get out of the van. <laughs> like we had to jump through the fire. You can laugh about it now. I had burned from the front to the back, and like I had to like I had just been visiting New York for like a month, and I had like a, this huge bag of clothing. Gone. Yeah, we were like it was just like I could see shards of it. And like, God oh. damn it! And I had a, and I had to ride in the back of a U-Haul truck back because that was in St. Louis. I rode from St. Louis to Kansas City in the back of a U-Haul man in pure darkness. Could... <laughs> Insane. Ridiculous. I didn't have shoes. My shoes burned. 
<laughs> I was like, we just walk around in socks. It's horrible. <laughs> what years? That was uh, that was the, the year they went on tour with Knapsack. They picked me up from New York because I came. In, I was here visiting, and they picked me up, and I drove home with them in Knapsack. They kind of went back and forth from those two vans. You just hitched a ride. Yeah, I was like, take me home, because I couldn't afford it. I couldn't. I really couldn't afford airfare back. Really. Wow, that's funny. They did it though. Knapsack. That was a good band. Yeah. Do you ever, guys you ever play the Jealous Sound at all? Or like, do you ever like, do you yeah. ever see Blair at all? I haven't seen Blair in a while. Yeah. Have you guys uh, done the um, Mark Trevino donut place yet in LA? No, it's not open yet. It's not, I thought it was for some reason that was the crispy open. crispy front drive. I gotta find a way to <laughs> DJ the, the opening. You should just drop him a line. He would love to do it. That was actually surprising. I didn't, I never felt like we were on his radar at all. I was surprised we got a donut in Sure. You know when you search Mark Trevino on Google, you know, that's like things come up, you know, that what people have already done. And it used to be, you know, if it was producer, now the second thing is donut. Well, yeah, always, he's got this I mean, crazy, it's crazy. Yeah. Does he like, ever make donuts? For, he actually doesn't seem like the guy who'd have donuts because he seemed so in shape and like, you know, he was just eating a piece of fruit. Every time I saw him, like, he was like, he seemed like a health nut to me. Was he a health nut? I Why never he thought he was unhealthy. Yeah, he always seemed like that kind of skinny dude eating fruit to me. Like, very in shape. That whole time, because the only time I really yeah. hung out with him when I was with you guys, I mean, it was just like, he was very, yeah, didn't say a fucking word the whole time. I, yeah, he was He was kind of like making a point to eat more fruit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I he always had a peach or something. Like, yeah. But. I just think that is funny to me, that yeah. there's now a donut shop with those names. So now, he, he's okay with talking about it. Or at least, you know... It's like gotten to a point where God, there was a big joke about it. Like, or, but the oh, yeah, original yeah, yeah. fucking drive like Jay would get together and tour. I don't. Why does that not happen? I don't know, dude. That like his drumming on those drive like Jay records are just fucking phenomenal. Like the first time I heard that, it's like you gotta be fucking kidding. Like the, oh, I know. You gotta be fucking kidding. It's insane. That was the it's band. So like that was the one band back. That, like I remember, like that was the band where like holy shit, like I'm unworthy. Them. Like I actually felt that way about Bitcher's humor too for a while. Oh yeah, they were great. They were so fucking good, but they refused to get big. Like they they were on the track and they did, they refused. It was what I heard. They like uh, like self sabotage. Like Ma- they wanted like Maverick wanted them like um, Madonna's label. Right. And I think they self sabotaged themselves. But huh. I don't, I'm not sure because Archers of Love took them on tour and like that was a huge thing at the time. You know? Oh yeah. We're like, holy shit, Archer's Loaf. And then, then they, they kind of broke that up and did that reports band, or not regrets, and, uh, which was like that. much more less accessible. But God, that's that seven song. Was one of those, was one of those guys in Vitreous Humor, did they go with uh, that? Uh, who was in Crown Hate Ruin besides Fred from, the, from Hoover? The I don't know. That, there was, was no. it, uh, what was the name of that other band? Well, was I've there, heard that name so long. Wasn't there another? Wasn't a vitreous humor like like offshoot one something that that was kind of I don't know DC. about that. Maybe I'm just thinking of something crazy. There was a weird boys' life offshoot band with some of the like some of those people, where um, Joe and Brandon did some band. Yeah, DC. that's what you might be thinking of. And then the drummer from uh, Giant's Chair. Yeah, that's Chair. what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Giant's Chair was another fucking. Yeah, well, are you, think, are you talking about Farewell Bend, is it? Farewell Bend, that's what I was thinking. Is that what you're thinking of? 
I have that record. I just listened to that today. Really? <laughs> yeah, because I was with Dave, the guy that knew Ian, connected mm-hmm. you and I, and he was telling me about for a whole bit. Yeah. I've seen John Rabin a few times in the last few years. He actually flew out for the, we played a show in Brooklyn, Chris's friend driving a show, he came out for it with his girlfriend in school. I love those guys. The Boys Life guys are the best. They were the one band, like, I remember, they were the first band I saw live out of our genre, I guess, that I was just blown away by. But yeah, but like, they played the warehouse. I remember everyone was Oh, yeah. Like, holy shit. Like, they were so fucking good. Like, lot, like. I think I saw them at the warehouse once, actually. Oh, God, they were so good. They're back when they had that, they were like the first band that had that crazy dynamic. They were kind of soft, soft, soft. Bam! And they would come in, like, just like, almost like blow your hair back when they came in. You're like, holy shit, these guys are good. Where the fuck do these guys come from? Yeah, we hitched we hitched onto them instantly. We're like, whatever you guys are doing, we're with you. Like, yeah, I like what you're doing. We try to go on tour with them as much as possible. They had a really they had a they were really particular about like um, a lot of like kind of full band cadenced transitions in and out of like as a hook. Yeah. yeah, the whole band of bram, 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 like these yeah. these things that like the whole band would kind of dig in on, and like come come together. It was huge. Yeah, and live it was yeah, and then but plus they like John was such a like interesting drummer because he kind of played jazzy in a way. The drummer, and, like, yeah. That. I remember like I and I'll say I'll even put this on record. I think Ron really. Like, caught on to John's drumming because I think if you listen to some of the last Christian French drives out there's definitely some John influenced <laughs> drum parts and that stuff because Ron was like totally hooked on huh. that you'd, you'd, you'd probably see that more than I would yeah. well I know so I watched you know because Ron was just learning to play the drums like when you saw us like he hadn't, hadn't been playing for very long really and he kind of like I kind of watched him like progress you know through which not every you know we were all in that stage where like we were like that's the thing that was stupid about Christian Friends, right? We were like people who were learning to learn our, learning to play our instruments as the band went on. <laughs> it's like we didn't know it really how to play that well when we first started. So we had to like, we were almost like the Sex Pistols in a way. It was a long like, tradition of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna, yeah. We went through some bad times. I mean, some of the times in the middle, like, we were horrible. Like, I hear live recordings from like, you know, some of the mid days, and we're like, God, we were so fucking horrible. Like, how did anyone tolerate us live? <laughs> Like, everything's off-key, like, we're out of time. <laughs> you know, like, my voice sounds horrible. I didn't know how to sing back then, either. But I finally learned how to sing through the diaphragm. I still... I do remember we were supposed to be... You had invited us to come on tour on probably your last, like, like Southwestern loop. I don't know if you knew it at the time. That would be your last, like, kind of Southwestern yeah. loop. It was like, you guys and Mineral play yeah. Jabberjaw. Oh, yeah, that was our and last. And we, we, um, yeah. we couldn't You guys go, couldn't play. You no, know, because Tom broke his hand punching uh, some dude out at a party. Why did he punch someone at the party? Because he was fucking with a bro of his, I guess. Oh, God. Was he on shrooms? I actually spent an evening with Tom on Jim, let me know if you did anything headed. <laughs> Tom wouldn't care. Tom's totally cool. Like, but uh, I remember one night, like, being at his Oh, house. that's right, when you were playing at, were playing at, at oh, Stinkweeds. He was all, he was just, like, looking at his hand. Like, he was, was all like, kinds uh, of screwed up. Was Rick 
was Rick kind of... <laughs> the only thing I remember Rick was like showing up at an Antarctica show drunk out of his mind with his girlfriend. But yeah, I think his wife now. But like, I remember they were fucked up. Like where I was like, I thought they were going to have trouble. But they showed up behind the place. It's like, I was like, drink? Hey, Rick, you been drinking? <laughs> no. Well, that's why. Does he still do his booze? Yeah. yeah. He's, he's trying to go legit. I think the only story that I can think of, like between you know, that was be interesting too, was the time we uh, we actually uh, took you down to New Jersey because we were playing with Jess to Brazil, Antarctica. Oh yeah, we actually right. made you late for your show at uh, Coney Island, huh? Coney Island High. Yeah, <laughs> we ended up showing like an sucks. hour late. That's, yeah, I know. That, that sucks. That was bad for us. We were like Antarctica was playing a show in New Jersey with Jess to Brazil. And I was like, you guys can get in the van, come with us. He's like, yeah, yeah. okay, cool. And yeah, next thing you know, like we're stuck in traffic, like this horrible accident or something happened. Yeah. And then, like, they were supposed to be on. What was the show at Coney Island High? No, it was at Melody Lounge in... in um... Oh, the the Antarctica show was at Melody Lounge. The Jimmy World show was at Coney Island. Wasn't it at Coney Island It was Island at Brownies. High? Was it at Brownies? It was on the I thought like it was Coney Island High for some reason. So I, I somehow pictured that big, long room that night. Well, Brownies was kind of a big, long room, too, but I think it was Brownies, and it was Burning Airlines. Oh, wow. And us... I, I swear to God, that was a Coney Island High. I'm positive of it. But, uh, yeah, they were supposed to be on. And really they were, they were stuck in a van with us. Yeah, it could have been Coney Island High. Pretty yeah. hard. That was kind of cool. Jay Robbins, I guess. Yeah. And then we ended up fucking something up for you. It wasn't our fault. It was a wreck. Hey, man, traffic's a killer. You said, in fact, it was funny. I remember you actually. I saw you play the Bowery and you apologized at that show for it. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, sorry about that. Yeah. Later. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. We actually went to go see Antarctica. And we didn't make it. Yeah. It was. <laughs> it was funny. Take things so serious. It's probably different for you guys, but like Vegas, like during the punk days, was kind of place to play. We only played there once. But it was like a. Uh, Record store. Some record store yeah, or, I know exactly uh, what you're talking about. It was like a, it was a stage was like uh, one of those that you had to be careful about how you moved on it because it was just plywood on top of milk crates <laughs> and it would slide around and shit and like so it's yeah. The only time I played in Vegas was Antarctica and like we was like billed as like X fifty French ride and like you know that didn't that didn't bode well a lot of shows <laughs> like yeah, we'd show up and like. Hey, look, it's new order. Right. That's a question. That's, that's a, yeah, I mean, how did you deal with that? Like, that's that's a question I would have. Is like the because I've just because I have been just doing this one main thing for all this time. I've got shit on a lot. For it. Yeah, you know. yeah. We had we had show that show in particular. I remember in Las Vegas, we started playing and literally everyone left because they were expecting something yeah. like some Chrissy from Drive Part Two. Yeah. There was only a few kids that would come up, and they were usually kids who were on drugs. <laughs> They'd be like, "That was awesome," because <laughs> we had all the crazy keyboard yeah, shit and yeah. stuff, and you know. But like, they would get it, but like, the, like the kids who were like in the kitchen front yard, like, just look at us like, "What the <sighs> fuck are you doing?" Right. I, 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 th- I, th- I always loved that band. I was having a good time, but like, obviously, no one was listening to New Wave in that. That was a problem with those kids. They didn't listen to much music. It's like. I think the re- the the fact that Chrissy Frenchy broke in with those fucking heart attack kids amazes me because we were even seen as outsiders when we first got into it. Yeah, like we were like heckled, like 
the first time I think we played Santa Barbara, like or even like those areas where we're playing like with bands like Downcast, people were like, "You suck," you know, like this shit we're is like punk. Because really, I mean, we were just like we were trying to sound like Buffalo Tom and shit, you know, like we weren't like right or like Jawbox or something, and like they were getting it. They're like, "What's this melody you're playing?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What are these? What are these things? Melodies. Are these I can actually remember this song. Yeah. <laughs> it's repeating parts in yeah. the song. What, what are these? <laughs> Thanks for doing this. Sure. Yeah, of course. That was fun. Fun.